In the first episode of 2022, the Racing Line podcast reviewed the 2021 season of Formula One, discussing extremely important issues like favourite helmets and liveries. All this and more on this review episode. Um, let's just jump straight into it. I'm not going to do the good night, good day and all that kind of shit anymore. Gents, season two, episode one. Thanks for jumping on again. How was our break? How was our Christmas? How are we all going right now? Better than you, mate. (laughs) Yep. Yep. For those of you that don't know, our, um, our friend here, Anthony, has COVID. So what a way to start. The new season. Yeah, and you know what? I'm, I think I'm proving to the rest of the world, mate, that COVID isn't as bad as people are making it out. The government, the media would make you want to believe that it's, you know, this crippling disease. Uh, Dude, you're losing, uh, you're losing, uh, we're losing yeah. fans already. We've, we've lost just lost we listeners. Have. We just lost <laughs> listeners. <laughs> we're not a political Turning podcast. We're a political podcast too now. Um, gents, let's jump into it. But So we've got something a little bit different tonight. Obviously, we've got no racing um, for the next couple of months, no testing even. So we thought we'd just do a little bit of, of a review on the F1 season, but nothing too formal. I mean, um, I think everything that could have been said about season 2021 has been said. Everybody's had their opinions and all that kind of thing up to this point. So we thought we'd make a little bit of a, uh, take a little bit of a lighthearted approach to it. And we've just got a few, you know, lighthearted questions and maybe there might be a bit of, um, banter that comes from it but just you know the the lighter side of the f1 2021 season and the probably the more aesthetic things that we liked about it as opposed to the to the to the meat um of the season so where do we want to begin uh stage eight of the dakar alley today yep (laughs) yep you know i'm not gonna lie i was watching actually a little bit of the highlights for the dakar alley because I've been, I was, watch, I've been watching, so I've nothing else to watch. Yeah, but like I just don't. Under, I have never really given it the credence to understand how long they're racing for or what they're doing, and it's quite interesting. It's pretty intense. I'll tell you that much. I'll, I'll tell you. They put up a good video on their um, YouTube page on their YouTube channel today. Uh, not so today can I just stop you for a minute? We've, we're three minutes into recording, and you've already given us your first. Yeah. I'll tell you. Already, so, already on, yeah. already on a tangent. <laughs> That's it, mate. We're already, we're already, we're back at it, boys. We're back at it. Like happy new year, but the same old, same I'll old tell conversation. You this from, tell us this from the bottom of I'll your heart. I'll tell you heart, this from, from the, the deepest of recesses of my body. Um, they go. put up a, they put up a good video on, um, on YouTube about the history of the Dakar Alley, which I found really interesting. It's like an eight-minute short vid, and I'll, you know what? I'll leave this for my last, um, for the last question, which is my. My ramblings, because I think this will tie into it well. But um, all right, you got lead us in, Harry, because that's just a bit of a tangent. You didn't even tell uh, you were going to say. You didn't even finish. No, he didn't say that. He's no, going to say it at the end. He said. If I start, yeah. I won't stop. All right, all right, fair enough. All it's right, boys. Top, top three lids of the year. Ant, start us off. Top three lids of the year. My favourite lid for tw- season twenty twenty one would have had to have been um, Mick Schumacher's. Michael Schumacher helmet. Oh, yeah. Just because of the um, nostalgia that that brought about, particularly with the driver, but also the name. I mean, I've seen Vettel do a few Michael Schumacher helmets in his time, but the fact that it was Mick, who mm-hmm. I think when 
all the way back to you know, Michael Schumacher's one of his first helmets as well. I just I really like that. Um, I also really liked the tribute helmets this year. So um, Daniel Ricciardo's um, golf helmet from Monaco, which was a bit of a um, the orange one. Yeah, the orange one that went with kind of that was like Bruce McLaren's helmet from from back in the day. I think it was Bruce McLaren. It might have been Danny, like Danny Holmes' helmet. Danny no, it was yeah. I'm not sure. Bruce. Um, but I really liked that one. And the last helmet that kind of tickled my pickle, and it's not because it's particularly. Um, in, <laughs> I don't know if oh it's because goodness. it's, it's. I don't know if it's very engaging, but it was just quite like clean and nice. I, I really like the um, Frank Williams tribute helmet that. Um, that um, George Russell did. That was nice. Those were my those were my three helmets of the year: the, the Mick Schumacher tribute, the Bruce um, Bruce McLaren tribute, and then the Frank. There's probably a bit of a um, a trend that I've set there with you know the three different tribute helmets. So yeah, those were my helmets of the year. If I'm being honest, and it's really good actually that F1's loosened up the regulations about drivers being able to change their helmets again because otherwise this conversation would be as as engaging. So yeah, those were my three. Yeah, nice. Joey? Um, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent again. I think that I don't – the as this um, time of um, being able to change your helmet comes on, I'm not liking it as much. Um, my three helmets would have been Giovinazzi's helmet. Like I just I, – I used – I wanted – when they first brought in the rule that you could change your lid during the season, I thought it was a good idea. But um, I think it's being abused – not abused. I think maybe each driver should be able to have one – custom helmet at one race every year. Like I, I, I don't like this um, always changing helmet kind of stuff. But I think um, in terms of the base helmets, Giovinazzi had the, I think, the nicest helmet. I really like nice the, the white, green and red um, helmet that he was sporting. And then I would say Lando would have had the um, my second favourite helmet just because I think the more I think about it, the um, – his helmet, I think, is going to be iconic because it actually is a – when you see it, you know it's him. Mm. It's um, very, I suppose, Valentino Rossi-esque because that's what he's been inspired by. But um, I really like his design and um, how it's it's very much um, personal and also, like, easy to tell that it's him. And my last one's going to be Fernando because I've always loved his helmets. I always think they're class. And I always like how he incorporates sort of his same colour scheme in slightly different variations. It's an interesting point you make, and I tend to agree with it. To be honest with you, in the Which sense one? that, in the sense that, in the past, like an F one driver's helmet didn't really change a whole lot. It was kind of their identity. But I think we're getting to a point now where it's a lot more common for people, for drivers, to change their helmets, you know, year on year. And even though they might have similar colours and relatively, I don't know if they're relatively, but they might have similar, you know, items on them. Like it's harder to find a driver who has a helmet that he picks and sticks with that's kind of relatively consistent throughout. And I do like that, if I'm being honest with you. I love that identity of the helmet. I mean, back in the day when we used to watch it growing up. If you think about it, um, and I, I don't like always looking back in the day because I think that's – I really don't like people who just go, oh, in our day was better. Um, but, like, when you think about people like David Coulthard, even Michael Schumacher only had like two major designs or three major designs in his whole career. Um, and it's, but now every year is sort of a new chance to reinvent yourself. And also, um, I mean, if you think about the Red Bull drivers, they're very limited in what they can do with their helmets, number one, because it's 
a massive billboard for Red Bull for the two sides. And then colour-wise, like if you look at Sonoda's helmet and Gasly's helmet this year, from the side, they're nearly identical. And then the front is a bit different. But in terms of colour, like if you looked at one, like if you looked at one and you looked at the other at a quick glance, you wouldn't be able to tell really unless you were really honed in. Um, so I think in, in that respect, uh, with every year being sort of the only chance that you get to reinvent your helmet now, uh, if you are changing it every year, like you don't need to keep changing it, I'd say. That's just me personally. What about you, what do you H? think about that, guys? Uh, I, I don't mind it. I like a bit of design. I like a bit of personality. Um, you are the personality guy of the, yeah, of the, pod, of the yeah. podcast. Yeah. I don't harken back to Michael Schumacher and all those guys. But um, my, yeah, you, don't, my top, you, don't, you, don't, you don't mind a cloudy rainbow like yeah, that's, yeah. helmet? Well, yeah. as <laughs> my top, top one of the year was... Uh, Daniel Ricardo's US of course, of course. special. I was, that, oh, the that was never going to be a surprise, was it? What was the US special? I can't remember the, what. The, the, the Dale, Dale Earnhardt. Oh, actually, one. that was, a, was actually very nice. I was thinking oh, that was last year. Take your words back, boys. Take your words back. That's a good one. That's a good um, one. My second one, second one is uh, Lewis's Senna helmet that he wore yeah. at Brazil. That was a good yeah. lead. Um because he he came into the sport with the center helmet, so it was kind of like a a thing back to his original helmet as well, and then also pa- obviously paying tribute to to the great man. And then the sec, my third one was Dr's helmet, his normal one. Um, that was your third favorite helmet of the whole year. Third favorite helmet, but also special mention to VB's helmet. I really liked VB's helmet this year. VB always I, actually has a nice yeah. helmet. Mm, that that blue that he had on it was was really nice. Probably a, it's probably a tribute slightly to the Finnish flag if you want to be. His helmet's always had the blue on it. Um, mm. but just the design suck. this year. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I, I always like both Tassa's helmets too. Mm. I love his finished tear offs. That's what I love. Do you know um? Do you know what else? Now that you're talking about the Senna tribute, mm. if someone wants to go find themselves a nice Senna tribute, go look at Barrichello's helmet when he did a Senna tribute. It's his helmet and design. But where he normally has the red parts peeking out of his helmet, he had mm-hmm. like it was almost like the center helmet was sitting underneath that the blue shape of it. It was it's quite a beautiful helmet. So someone wants to go find a good center trip, you just go look at Bruno Senna's helmet for his whole career. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually some good helmets, Harry. I, I like the first one. I like the Earnhardt yep. helmet. Mm-hmm. I don't like the third place. I know I you don't, don't like, like Dr's helmet. But... Yeah, Dr's helmet's like I don't know. It's too. Okay. Can I say something? If I, was gonna, I actually wrote um, DR's helmet, uh, that US helmet, as my first helmet, but then I thought if I'm going to make this point, I better just go <laughs> with the normal helmets. <laughs> um, but yeah, what no, about you, good. Mikey? Yeah, look, I, um, I'm always a fan of drivers incorporating their national colours into the helmet, so um, special mention to... Uh, Max Verstappen's helmet. I know Joseph just said they can't do much because of the Red Bull, but I do think it is quite clean. Um, I'm a big fan of, of helmets that have a lot of white in them, so I do like Max's nice helmet. Special mention. Also a special mention to... Um, oh, which is the one? Nicola Latifi. I, really like, I do like Nicola Latifi's helmet with the French colours there. Um, Canadian? The, yeah, he's Canadian. There you go. That's how much I thought it was French. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my top two are pretty 
straightforward. I, I really like um, Bando Norris's helmet. Um, Joseph, again, already stole my point. It's very Valentino-esque. I like fluoro yellow, so personal preference um, drew me to that one. Um, I, I, my, I just like the simplicity work. of it. But the, my favourite one has to be Giovinazzi. I, I really like the Italian um, flag. I, like, I think it's clean. There's the kind of, um, I don't know, it looks a little bit like a, a transformer in a way. The, the, shapes, the shape of the, of the, of the colours of the flag and also the black strip down the side. I just think it's really cool. So Giovinazzi for me, that's my favourite helmet of 2021. What, what Boys, this is a better question. What is your least favourite helmet of like the driver's like everyday crash helmet, not their tribute helmets. What is your least favourite helmet on the F1 grid? I didn't like um, Stroll's. Was it the all green? The British yeah, racing yeah. green? Uh, just blended in with the car. You know what? Yeah, when, I see I Stroll's, when I see Stroll's helmet by itself, I actually like it. But yeah, when 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 you're watching it, it just has no pop at all. It's funny. He, that keeps, like, he keeps his helmet relatively the same, but he changed the color. But he had the same like line work. Yeah, even at, even at Williams, he had that dark blue helmet. I think all he did was change the um, sort of like change the, the put shade the wings on, it. on. Put the wings yeah, on. Yeah, and the put Aston the Aston right. wings on it. Yeah. Actually, the question: If Latifi's Canadian, why is there blue on his helmet? Is that? I don't he likes it. the color blue, and he's in Williams. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe. But yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> are you trying to question whether he's Canadian yeah. or not? No, I'm yeah. not. I'm just, I don't understand. The, I Maybe he's French-Canadian. Do you know if he's Canadian? Yes, I have a red and white helmet that's 90% of maple leaf. You want to talk about someone being Canadian and questioning it? Go look at Jacques Villeneuve's helmet. Yeah, well, that's French-Canadian. He'll tell you nothing about his nationality. Do you know? well, I'm just um, thinking, like, is he French-Canadian if he's got the French colours? I don't know. Could be Maybe. That. Sounds Maybe. pretty Canadian-Canadian. What about you, Joe? What was your least favourite? Half of Canada speak French, mate. Um, my least favourite, I would probably have to say uh, either Raikkonen's. I thought it was just a, like I don't. I, he's had nice helmets in the past. I just didn't. I think there was too much black on this one, and it'd be between Raikkonen, sort of Danny Rick, and then. Um, Vettel. Yeah, I was going to say that. Just that's, take that's, all my, just, just keep taking my, my points, man. And also, like, do you want to put us to sleep? The amount of time this guy waits, holy crap! Like he's, he's, he's sitting there, he's giving me crap for not being prepared. He's taking thirty seconds to make a decision. Dude, that was a, that was a that was a off the cuff question. I had to deep, uh, sort of dig deep into my memory banks and think about it, make a judged and informed decision. I'm not mm. a fan of I'm not a fan of Vettel summit this year. I have boys. to agree with Joe. I I. I can't see. I don't know where Danny Ricciardo's head was when he was designing that helmet, but I just I don't understand it. I mean, it's original, but whatever. Um, it was in the cloud because there's clouds on it. Are you, are you racing? Just let him, let him design. Are you, are you racing no, for Force India, Seb? Like, what are you doing? What, where is the pink coming from? I, I do not get that. And um, <laughs> racing point. Whatever, <laughs> whatever the pink <laughs> one was. He I swear, Force Aston India was Martin at one stage. He raced all Aston Martin. Wasn't Aston. And they were forced to mink at one stage. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was no, it, by BWT, which back was in the, the day, I swear, Force India were pink at, at one point. You're going to start talking oh. to us about Benetton soon, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, also, I also am not a massive fan um, of. I think, yeah, Joseph mentioned it again, Kimi Raikkonen. I don't really. I mean, oh, it, can, it, just, again, just, can we just say. 
It's not amazing. Can we, I don't, can we just say like kind of Darth Maul kind of vibe? Kimmy knew he was retiring. He did not give a shit about anything this year. Let's be honest. I like the helmet that he had it for the end of the season. To be honest, that was a nice helmet. Probably put in less prep for his helmet than Michael put in for this pod. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, all right. It's the off-season, boys. Come on. Let's push on. Those finches need tending to, we know. Exactly. <laughs> What's next, H? What's your next? Uh, let's go race of the season. Ooh. Race of the season. Mikey, let's start with you on this one. Race of the season. Well, look, I'll be straight up. I didn't watch every race of the season because I only started <laughs> getting into it when we started potting. But I think the race of the season has to be the final race. I mean... It's the race that decided everything, um, all the drama in the world. I'm gonna. That's going to be my answer to a few of these questions because it was, you know, a, a, a pivotal point of the of the season. And to me, from what I watched, the most important. So, final, um, most, you know, the race of the season was was the final race of the season for me. Where was the final race of the season? It was in. Um, Where's Oh no! I know it's somewhere it's, in the it's, Gulf. Yeah, somewhere in the Gulf. But I know <laughs> it was Bahrain. Hey, it's got a particular name, and I've I've gotten it. Was that Yes Marina? Yeah, Marina. Yeah, there you go. Joey, yes, race of the season. Uh, I think I'm going to give my race of the season to the USGP. Um, Man, I think I like that. We mm. spoke about it when we were um, doing the pod for it. How um the fans being back and the whole vibe of that race and how the, um, the whole app, you could sense the atmosphere even through the, through the TV with the crowds and that stand. So I'm going to give it to the USGP. I think it was a triumphant return to stateside. I like that. And I've tried to be, um, I've tried to, I've tried to think a little bit more. It was a great race. Yeah. I'm going to steal yours probably Harry, but I have to, as a, McLaren, the end of many years, I can't go past Monza. Yep, uh, that was mine. Epic, I think epic race, but also yep. um, it was one of the few races that we've seen. Um, Mercedes or Red Bull not win, or Ferrari not win, um, where you know the team won not because of the stupidity or the you know effects of other drivers, but because the car was actually faster mm-hmm. to win the race. That was an epic race. I really sorry. No, very emotional yeah. race. So, yeah, yeah, same. That that was mine. Um, McLaren won two, and it was one on merit, not like Alpine's win in Hungary, um, yep. where you know every, the whole front four or whatever crashed out. So I loved it. You know, the Max and Lewis crash, Dr. winning from lap one, fastest lap at the end, showed the car still had pace in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was awesome race. Took Verstappen off the start line as well, like from yep. second. Yep. So yeah. all came two. together. We could have had two if Lando went for, for wets in Russia. We could have had two. Yeah, I know. Um, all right. Driver of the season, boys. Anth. Um, Can I go first so no one steals it? Yeah, go. Uh, we can have the same time, one. Jones. We can have the same one. I want to give mine to um to Carlos. I mean, I think oh. he's got this as well. With that, <laughs> in the, in, mate, I asked you. You said we can have the same one. Yeah. Um. I think we spoke about it a bit last week, but I mean, in hindsight, can you really give it to anyone else? Oh, I mean, he, yeah, you can give it to a few you, people. I think this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Same. I mean, regard other than who Verstappen and and I think it could go to yeah Verstappen. Hamilton. 
other than that, I think the sort of offline kind of uh, choice would be Carlos. I, I think as well, it was someone was saying it this week, I think it was Lando, that they think after this year, Carlos will finally be getting the credit he deserves for the kind yeah. of driver he is. Was yeah, that Lando? I think it um, was Lando. Could have been George Russell. No, it was Lando. No, I think it was Lando. Um, I mean, no, I don't think anyone expected him to beat uh, Leclerc this year. And, and, and really, I don't think anyone was probably expecting him to finish as well as he was towards the end of the season. And getting that podium, I think, just capped it all off. Um, it He's was got a knack quiet... for getting a podium in the last race of the season, eh? He's done it three he times does. now. He does, but I think, I don't know, we've been mulling over it this year about how McLaren fell off to their own demise at the end of the year and Ferrari came up. Uh, and just sort of put in those those quiet but consistent performances. And I think if it's part of him gelling with the team or the team just beginning to gel, Bonanno being back at the factory looking like looking after the um, the behind the scenes stuff. But uh, all in all, I, I can't. I wouldn't give it to anyone else. Yeah, I was the same. His qualifying wasn't great, but when he did qualify poorly, he stormed through the field. Mm. Um, you know, his drive at Portugal was a, was a highlight. That was the one good thing of that race, I think. Um, and to beat Charles, like you said, in his first season at Ferrari was massive. Mm. Um, I think it made even Ferrari rethink their um, driver order, essentially. I think the fact that Bernardo's come out so early this season saying that there's two number one drivers now, there's no mm. like one and two driver shows how much he's impacted them. But I've been saying it for multiple years. I've been saying it for three years now. And I think probably Ch- Carlos Sainz, if anything, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to get, when he was at McLaren, I was trying to get you on board for a while. Um, but I think he probably still needs to improve a little bit in qualifying. But I think that where he, it's undebatable how good he is, is in races. I mean, he normally will be starting behind his, you know, teammate. That's just, how it is, but his you know drivability, we've seen it in the dry, we've seen it in the rain. Um, he's also really phenomenal driver. I think my driver of the year, I've got my driver of the year than my um, someone else that I want to talk about as well. But Max Verstappen has to be the driver of the year, considering that he has had no experience um, racing for any championships. You know, since he started his single seated career. Really, I mean, the last time he was, you know, racing in championships was in karting. So that was something that people were talking about in the middle of the year, saying, "Does he have the, you know, the stomach to to make a championship of it?" But I think that you know he has to be up there. Um, he showed out, you know, how how awesome he was, pretty much for the whole year. I also love how tenacious he is. Now that can be a point of contention for some people, but I don't know. I really like how tenacious he is as a driver um, and unwavering he is as a driver. But I also just wanted to talk about George Russell. Um, the car probably tapered to a little bit towards the end. It's probably a good thing for, for Williams that it did. But, you know, when he did have the chance at only a few races during the year to, um, you know, show how good he was, particularly in the wet in Russia and, you know, in the qualifying of Spa, at least, um, I don't think enough can be said about the guy. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does at Mercedes. Um, I think that, there's a reason why Lewis Hamilton's having a long, hard think about whether or not he wants to race this year now. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, we, we've, we've forgotten how good he was at the start of the year, particularly when the car was a little bit more competitive with the midfield. 
Um, so yeah, those are my drivers of the season. Michael? Oh, sorry, go Look, for me, it has to be Max. I don't think there's anything else I can say. Um, you know, he's world champion. Um, yeah, just for me, that's all I can say. He, you know, he beat he beat Lewis. Um, I think he earned it. I think his his performances throughout the season were warranted. Um, people can debate the last race or whatever, but I think um, you know, if you're world champion, you're world champion for a reason ultimately, and it's gonna be Max for me. Enough. I'd like to go back quickly on that whole George Russell thing. Something this this is off point. Another off point. Um, Joe right. move. It's a season of um, you. I was I was talking to Big Steve, my dad, last week, and we we're just discussing how many um, like young talents have come through that Williams stable and gone on to do big things with other teams, even just like win races. Um, and I think it's fitting that in. Probably, well, as as we we're thinking about it, it was, we we're saying that of all the things that Claire Williams probably did in her in her um, tenor as you know team principal, that was probably one of the this in hindsight probably one of the smartest moves, and it was just nice to see it pay off this year with a podium, a few good qualifying performances, just like a, a nice icing on on top for because now with this new ownership in the team. The name will stay the same, but really we know like it's a, un, a ter, under a totally new direction. So I just think it was nice to finally see that bear fruit before, it, well, next year is literally like Frank has passed and it's going to be a totally uh, new era. Yep, agreed. Um, actually, where actually are we up to? Seeing him in the Mercedes quotes today for, for the first day. Yeah, he did post that, eh? Yeah. I can't wait to see him. Yeah, we'll see. We don't even know. The car might be a dog. Let's be honest. Oh, I know. It won't, I know more than likely it won't be, but it doesn't matter. It'll be still the faster mm. of the two drivers. Yeah. Well, that's uh, a big statement for pre before preseason <laughs> testing. I don't even well, think it's a non-negotiable win. <laughs> um, most disappointing driver, boys. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. The obvious answer is obviously Mazepin, but we. For me, for me, I didn't expect anything, so he's not my actual answer. Um, it's Gio- Giovinazzi. Um, car was not great. Let's like realistically, um, his qualifying was okay, but on a Sunday, which is where the points are, Kimi was better than him, and we all know Kimi had tapped out at the start of the year. So I don't know. For me, he didn't deserve another year in the car. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how he goes in Formula E, even though it's that? a, it's a shit category. Mm. I like Gio. I really do. But I also think that he probably didn't warrant a seat. The interesting no. thing is, like, people talk about, like, it was it's a difficult car to show yourself in. But at the same time, you think back to when Charles Leclerc had his only season in the mm. Sauber, and he did a lot more. Yeah, yeah so that was I, also I, the I, best year that we've had from yeah. Sauber in a while. Yeah, I, either that, like, I also think that Leclerc might have, Played a bit of a part in that. So yeah, I really yeah, like, I like Gio, yeah. Um, but I, I, I can't argue that he's probably didn't do enough. And he just made, like when the pressure was on, he just made a few too many mistakes, and that's always been mm. characteristic of him. To be, to be frank, I think my most, my most disappointing driver of the season has to be Botas. Oh, yeah, purely oh, yeah. based on what he, <laughs> and you know what he didn't achieve, and it's obvious that he's leaving. Probably because of that. 
But I just felt that, you know, I've been saying it all year, really. He's been underperforming probably for the last 18 months now. And it's probably in a similar situation to how um, Raikkonen finished his Ferrari career. He was kind of just sitting there comfortably for a season or two too Mm. long. And I think that it's time for him to move on because he has done nothing. Really yep, fair enough. To show that he, he, he deserves that seat. Here's a stat. Daniel Ricciardo has raced for nowhere near the best car in the Turbo Hybrid era. Has won what, eight races. Mm-hmm. Bottas yep. has been in the most dominant car for the last five years. He's won 10. Wow, okay. If you put DR in that car, he's got more than 10 wins. DR was my second most disappointing driver this year. Yeah, no second way, half of the man. season though, he he, he outscored Lando. Talking about, I'm not, I'm just talking at not I'm not saying based on I'm just t- talking about based on the hype that I think everyone had coming into the year. I think that's the disappointing hype of McLaren fans. No, I think everyone had a bit of hype about him because he's huge. Like I mean, he's a huge driver. He's on a huge pay packet, and then everyone was like, he started the year, and you know, rightly or wrongly, the car is difficult to drive. That's part of it. But everyone was like, oh this is actually going to take a little bit of time for him to get his head around. So that that is, like, objectively disappointing. Yeah, um, but he he did outscore him in the second half of the season, so I think oh, he yeah. picked the car he, up. He, he won a race. He obviously won a race. He, had to, he performed there, but, yeah, in, uh, interesting season for Ricardo. Very mm. interesting. We'll see how he goes next year. Anyway, Joey, most disappointing? I'm going to go with, um, with Seb Vettel, to be honest, because I don't know if... What he did in that car this year, other drivers couldn't do. I mean, he's a four-time world champion. I mean, the a different Seb. The clout he brings the team is probably one of the biggest things for the team, I suppose. And maybe the experience he brings in just the overall team atmosphere, maybe getting out of testing. But like you put Hulkenberg in that car, maybe, or even um, I wouldn't say Geo. Even, I'd say, put uh, Pierre Gasly in that car. I don't think you'd get met, um, worse results. You might even get better results. I think the um, car underperformed. If you yeah, want to talk about under, this, the team was the disappointing car, this year. The car, under, the, driver. The car <laughs> underperformed. And I don't know if they invested that much money coming into this next era. But um, That's what happens when you race car, another car. Yeah, I, I can understand the problems with it as well, but I just think if you look at how many times he's got out-qualified or out-positioned out by Stroll, I just don't think that's what you are expecting from a four-time world champion. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. You know what? Like, this might be another slight segue, but another this is going to be another very interesting... 2022 is a huge year for Aston Martin because of the way that... Particularly the way that Stroll's been talking about how he wants to build the team and you know he's he's quite he's quite he's tough in like stroll. Yeah, yeah Papa Stroll the way he talks about you know not taking no for an answer and all this kind of stuff and the amount of investment they're putting into their new facilities and all that kind of stuff. After you know the talk that they've been talking and what they showed this year, you know, it really didn't add up. So I think it's a huge year for Aston Martin in twenty twenty year to try to regain some kind of um I don't know, popular opinion, because I think everyone this year looked at him and kind of thought, well, understanding the financials and, and what they could and couldn't do this year, and they obviously were talking about the rake and whatever, they, yeah. the, the, all that kind of caper. But it's going to be an interesting year to see if 
Um, Aston Martin actually has what it takes. Uh, um, Otmar's gone too. A few good yeah, Otmar left two days yeah, ago. Otmar's gone. Yeah, I think that's a good thing for them. Though. I think, um, I don't know, you it seems like, yeah, from from what, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. When I, there was an interview halfway through the year but that um, Stroll was giving and he was talking about Saf, Saf now. And I kind of thought halfway through the year that he wasn't going to see out the year. And then by the time the season finished, I'm like, oh, okay, that might not be as as fickle as I thought it was or as prickly as I thought it was. And then, you know, a couple of months later. So I think there's, there was something there. I don't, know if, I don't know if he just didn't have the respect of Stroll, but I think that's a good pickup for Alpine if that's where, that's where he's going to be going. I could tell yeah. there's something wrong in the first 10 minutes of Drive to Survive. <laughs> Maybe that's where I saw it then. Was there something about it in Drive to Survive this year? Yeah, it, was, it just showed how, like the, the prickly sort of nature of Stroll and I don't know if it's if it's TV like sort of height, heightening the, the whole situation, but it definitely didn't look fun. That might um, have been actually. I just thought it was interesting that he sort of left now. Like it's been quite a bit of time since, oh, long enough since the season ended. Um for it to be announced, it's sort of a weird time to to pack your bags and go, but who knows? Interesting. Ma- yeah, but Michael? Um, Anthony's taken my points. I was going to say Giovinazzi, but then I thought that's probably my answer for a waste of a seat. Um, then how can you not... How can, <laughs> how can Bottas not be the biggest, um, the most disappointing driver? Like, he's got He's got the same machine as, as, as um, you know, Lewis Hamilton, and he—I just think he was bang average. I just don't think he did ever did really did much to impress, or at least, um, you know, g- give Max and, and Lewis a, a real run for their money. I just think he was, you know, he was just there, almost making up the numbers, getting const- collecting constructors' points, and I suppose you could make the argument that that's what. He is there for, but at the same time, I, I'd like to see him push more for um, the top place on the podium. So my most disappointing driver would have to be um, Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, fair enough. Um, boys, favourite moment? I think you're going to know what mine is. Um, Monza, McLaren 1-2, Daniel Ricciardo win. We saw a shoey. Um, yeah, I cried. I'm not going to lie. I had tears. I didn't know you was... better. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you better. I think you were the biggest McLaren simp I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was good. It was a good, like, it was a good race. They won on merit. I loved it. Two Daddy Rick that, helmets. Daddy Rick that. Yeah, that's fair yeah. enough. No, it was, it, was a, it was a good moment. I'll um, do that. My, f- my favourite moment was um was just the little the little fight and 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 blocking of Checo and Hamilton. I thought that was hey. um probably some of the more in, one of the more interesting bits of racecraft through the season. I think that will live with me for a long time, especially just with the circumstances and the tyre wear, what was at stake. And re- re- really, when you look at it in hindsight, probably didn't change that much um, with how the race then panned out. But in terms of like in the moment, I think that was a, a really awesome bit of um, racecraft and also sort of showed the value of having a what a good teammate can do for like a team's championship fight and something that I think uh, Mercedes definitely, even though they won the constructors championship, probably were missing in terms of helping them claim the driver's championship. So, you know, yeah, it, it's so true. It didn't really have any, 
bearing on the World Championship. But I think, like, we'll talk about the eye test again. Just the fact that we saw him, uh, saw Perez, you know, going wheel to wheel with Hamilton, trying to be difficult and then getting overtaken and then coming back past again. You know, just the tenacity that we saw from him kind of just, you know, reaffirms his value to any race team, particularly when, you know, we think about, you know, the driver. Because, you know, people have... Some people really like Perez. Some people don't really see a whole lot of him. Some people think he just brings a bag of money. But when you see things like that, um, and we're talking about these drivers that have underperformed this year, and you see the tenacity of this guy, you know, essentially just trying to hold him up for two laps, um, you know, I, I, agree, I agree. So that I was think, probably one of the more enjoyable bits of racing this year. I think that's probably going to be one of, for Red Bull as a team, probably one of the, if you think about it over the years, probably the, um, the most supportive and also probably the most valuable a second uh, at uh, one of their teammates has been. I don't know if it would have if his seat was secured for next season or if they were umming and ahhing, but just the way that even the team and Max reacted and and then in the interviews afterwards, how you could tell that that team was like fighting as a as a um like a unit. Uh, as a as a unit. But you know what? I'm actually going to um change <laughs> change my mind because thinking about it. There was a moment last year that had was sort of the same thing, but had a bigger bearing on the race, and that was when um, Alonso assisted Ocon in getting his win with the um, the defensive driving of the season, which probably because that actually had a result. So I'm going to change <laughs> change my opinion live on air and say I think that was probably the um, the what is it? What was the question? Most decisive moment of the. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was um, sort of the same thing as well, but um, it actually bore a bit more fruit. Michael, it's it's, it's funny though, just quickly that these these two sort of incidents were um, were from drivers who really didn't do like anything crazy this year, but just those little exhibitions sort of showed us what or showed whoever is their fans, why they still probably support them and love them because it's, you're sort of just waiting for a little bit of that fight. I think Alonso showed all year, to be honest with you, that he yeah. deserves a seat in that one. He's been, he like, the car hasn't been great. I think he won the overtakes in the first lap. He might have won the overall overtakes of the year this year, Alonso. And obviously it's easier when you're coming, when you're coming from the back. But I think he's shown yeah. this year particularly that, you know, he's still... Is a wily old fox who can race, and anyone that's that? kind of saying that he's slowed a second, go talk to Esteban Ocon about if he's slowed it at all. He kind of reminded me of what he did to Stoffel Van Dorn in that year at McLaren. To be honest with you, was that that comprehensive? Best, best team radio of the year. Tell Esteban to fight like a lion. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Loved that was, it. That was, that was the, the best. best. Yeah, yeah, he's, um, he's he's an OG, mate. Mikey. Favorite moment. Favorite moment. Well, my favorite moment is it's a bit strange, but I just enjoyed um, fans being back at sporting events this year. And Joseph alluded to it earlier when he mentioned um, Kota, and just you know the shots of the fans, the the noise of the fans that was very um, you know apparent during the race. I, I I think it stood out to me at Kota, um, and then again at Interlagos when there was that overtake by um, Verstappen on. On Hamilton, just hearing fans again, hearing the excitement, I think it builds the vibe, and I think that would that would be. It's not really a moment, but it's my, probably my favourite element of the season. 
What happened to that Tifo at, at Zanfort as well? That was awesome. All the, all the pyromania and all that kind of caper that was going on in the crowd. That was another epic spectacle for 2021. I don't think we'll be seeing that in Melbourne in April, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> team of the season, boys. Ooh, team of the season. Yeah. I'm going to say Ferrari. Yeah. I had Ferrari as well. Bounce back year. If you asked me after Russia, it would have been McLaren. But the last five or six races, Ferrari just, yeah. I think they're... I think they're going to be strong 2022. I agree. I agree. I'm really happy with, like, I, I have been pretty indifferent to Ferrari as a team for the last couple of years. Um, but I think the fact that they had the balls to change their ways and go for a, a young driver lineup on both ends, that's that's definitely a deviation from their traditional mm-hmm. path. So that's the first thing that we have to give them credit for. And I think it also paid dividends because you had two drivers that were pushing each other um, and they were, for the most part, maximising, you know, their outputs every race. And even though they weren't fighting for a championship this year, I think it's safe to say that we'll probably see them fighting for a championship pretty soon again. So it has to be Ferrari from, from my point of view. They just yeah. held it together a little bit longer than McLaren. Um, yeah. But yeah. And they, I know McLaren had the development tokens and they couldn't probably develop towards the end of the year, but that engine development towards the end of the year for Ferrari was huge and, and it bodes really well for next year. Yeah, I agree. Joey, you had Red Bull? I had Red Bull. Like I actually thought of Ferrari originally as well, but I just couldn't go past the fact that um, we just finally had a new champion. I mean, and we've been asking for that for so long and... and I think the magnitude of the task couldn't, can't be sort of underestimated because we've seen how much that um, Red Bull has closed the gap over the last coming years, especially from where they were with the um, with the Renault engine. Um, but also having the I think having the bravery and, and the commitment to, to go with Honda, even after the debacle of the Honda McLaren days, and um, sort of learn from their ways of how they deal with the whole ending with Renault and um, realizing that for both of them, that it was sort of the last chance for each of them to sort of get what they wanted. And um, I mean, yeah, they fought like lions and they, and they got it. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, lions, it was a bit weasels. Like, certainly, certainly Dude, there was animal illusions today. There was, there was real, they, were, they had a real fight. They had a bit of a, a bit of sort of a rub of the green as well, um, but you make your own luck in sport. So I, I think that they really did deserve it. So they were my I team of the season. We give this to Williams. From where they, we have to give a mention, I think, to Williams as well. From where they've yeah, taken we, that team in within twelve months. Just I was, I was going to say Williams, but I didn't want to sound I don't like know if, a yeah, Williams I don't think it's, I don't think they're the team of the season, but I think a lot of credit has to go to what they've been able to achieve this year with very limited development on the car. But then also they just seem like, I don't know, in the last years they've almost seemed like they were the laughing stock of Formula 1 in the sense that anything that could go wrong was going wrong. And it seems like they very quickly rectified the ship. And with the you know regulation changes coming into next year, they're really good at pit stops. That's become, you know, almost synonymous with the team. Um, yeah. And, you know, hopefully they, they're a little bit more competitive and they can actually 
capitalize on on uh, on some on better performances. So I think they should Can get I, an honorable I, mention for just bridging I'll, the gap say about, from the back. Oh yeah, I think in terms of the the that back three or four battle. I mean, they did finish what eight, so they were the, the they were the best team of that worst three, I suppose. But um, I think yeah, they definitely have shown. Whereas the other two teams, like Haas was three years ago, relatively competitive, and they've I don't know if through their own device spent a yeah they haven't spent a, a dime dollar on development in years and they've um also taken the pay driver route as well which uh, they're probably just putting that money in a, in a savings account and, and racking up some interest for their next development um but I, yeah i think that with williams we've seen uh, ever who was what was the guy from from mercedes name ever since that whole patty low debacle and 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 that shit. I mean, they've they've really come on. Oh, they've they've made steady improvement. I'm just interested to see what happens now without without George there next year. But um, I'm happy that they gave Latifi another year because I think this year he definitely showed himself to be a little more more competitive with with um the rest of the grid and also it seems like he's learning that car. So. Um, give him one more year. They've brought in Albon, which I think is a relatively smart hire as well. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a George, but I think he's definitely didn't have his um, the best chance to succeed at Red Bull in that environment. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, they definitely would be in the top three of teams teams of the season with, with the other two that we've mentioned. Michael, what are yours? What's your favourite oh, or team of the season, mate? Game of the season is pretty straightforward, just like the, Jordan. Of the season for me. Um, it's got to be. Minardi. It's got to be Red Bull. Yeah. Won the championship. You don't win championships for if you're a fluke. I don't care how much money the team's got. You still have to have the people. Um, crucial decisions are made throughout the year that all culminate in winning a championship. So for me, it's Red Bull. Yeah, how come it always seems like, like a true capitalist? Yeah, man. <laughs> um, best livery, know. boys. Best livery. Ooh, I've written the golf a, a livery year. of Monaco. Oh, Ant, we're on the same. The golf livery at Monaco. <laughs> yeah, was beauty and absolute oh. beauty. All what right. A as as a second option, Alpha Alpha Romeo at Monza. You know what my second yeah. favorite livery this year was. And you're gonna no, hate can it. You, can you, you? You know what? Don't say it because it's probably something that I'm gonna say. No, you're no, not gonna no, say, say it. Say it. Not even it. it was the it was the Castrol 100 oh, races Alpine that, livery. My... I like that livery. Finally, a bit of that. green on the back of the Alpine. <laughs> I was I was a no. fan of that. Any, I hated it. Any bit of Castrol, any Castrol um, signage doesn't matter if it's an F1 car or on a supercar, whatever it might be. I'm a sucker for a bit of Castrol signage. And you know what? I'm not sponsored by them, but maybe they might buy me a get me a shirt for the pod. Get onto it, Harry. Start um, hashtagging Castrol. See if they'll give us something. Joey? <laughs> I was going to say what Ant said, but then I thought I'm going to go for my whole helmet idea and not mention the one-offs. So I think um, my livery of the season would have been the Alpine. I think um, it was probably the, the cleanest... Uh, and I also like the fact that like that color scheme hasn't been seen in F1 for a while, and I think they did it really well. Um, and also coming from the the Renault days with that, um, I don't think Renault ever did black and yellow 
justice except maybe the first year when it was predominantly yellow. But I think that our pink car looks schmick. And then I'd say Aston Martin. Mm. I lo- I'd love that, that seeing that green back in there. Um, and I was happy that it didn't have too much pink on it as well. Um, yeah, they're my top two. You reckon just, Alpine? Sorry, do you reckon Alpine was actually an improvement on the Renault colors? Yeah, I, I love that Al- Alpine. See, I Al- think the I Renault Sport it. was heaps better than the Alpine. The red, red and black, uh, the black and, black and yellow, yellow was though. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Right, you guys, are, you McLaren yeah, Sims have been mate, uh, mate. That <laughs> Alpine car had the fattest airbox. It looked ridiculous. It was, the the question was livery. Yeah, but it still made the car look shit. No, nah, didn't. Uh, anyway, mate, to each their own. Michael, right. I reckon Renault Sport looked hotter than Alpine. It did. Dude, first time do you take that H? <laughs> uh, Harry, Harry's all about the fat boxes. Mm. <laughs> or not. Can I say, just quickly before Michael says anything, I hope he contradicts me here, but that Williams livery looked like it was straight out of F1 2020. Yeah, it was disgusting. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. I you know, but the Williams livery yeah. grew on me. It was actually better in the flesh than it was in the design. I think, I I think it only grew on you because because you saw it more. Uh, no, I didn't like it. Michael? You know what, it needed, you know, the team needs some sponsors. That's going to fix that problem, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, if they've got yeah. sponsors and they don't have to worry about being creative with their can, can design. I, something? I think the only reason that they did it like that was because they knew hey, they Joe, didn't have sponsors. Joe, Joe. What? This is a podcast. What? You can just say it. You don't have to tell me you're going to say it. Look at him just Michael, laughing in the background. Michael, let's go. What's yours? McLaren simp. Oh, sorry. Shut I just up. The amount of, amount of bull crap that I'm hearing. So this makes me want to sleep. Do you have um, every, every time Harry crosses you, it seems like he's interrupting you or something. Mid-stroke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, my favourite livery... Oh, it's an interesting question. I mean, when this question was posed to me, I thought that we were talking about liveries all, t- all time. Uh, we see, we seem to only be talking about... What was it? The so. white Jaguar or something? Oh, white, all no. time, I'd ranked it. Jordan, Williams, Winter Williams, Stuart Ford. If you're talking 2021, look, I've, I've put an honourable mention out to Alpha Terry. I think as a, as a race-to-race livery, that's my favourite. Um, I really like the Alfa Romeo one as well, but my favourite livery of the season would have to be the Honda tribute livery um, by Red Bull at the Turkish Grand Prix. I thought that was really clean. Um, that would have to be my favourite. I think something that we can take away from this podcast is that tributes in F1 are good. They give people good vibes. I think helmets. I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind a tribute. I don't mind a tribute because you only see it once, uh, or usually you only see it once. Um, and I think the ch- I think the change up of livery I think everyone sort of enjoys it, um, unless you're running that blank that black Mercedes for th- two or three years whatever it is I think that's a too long tribute. Um, <laughs> what is he laughing at? I don't mind part? the black Mercedes. I just don't like the six hundred and thirty three AMG symbols on the back. <laughs> just in um, case you forgot. <laughs> yeah. All right. Worst on track incident, boys. Sir uh, Silverstone. Nah, Max on Lewis at Jeddah. Yeah, that's, che- that's the, what I put down. The brake check. Yeah, the brake check. But we had a juicy discussion about this when with Anthony, so I think Ant's going to get salty again. I've rewatched okay. it, right? I've rewatched oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Here we go. Which one? The Jetta. Yeah. Yeah. I still think it was Max's fault, 
but they yeah. were acting like school children. Like the fact that Lewis didn't want to overtake Max before the DRS detection zone caused that. Mate, your car's quicker. You're going to catch him back up. Like at the end of the day, I think Max was being a Max, um, mm. but Lewis being the, the seasoned pro here should have just overtaken him and take Max had slowed down that, that he wasn't going to get him in the DRS zone. But anyway, that's just my take on that. I think, I think, that's, was, I think that's a bad incident because it just made yeah, both of them look stupid. It made it yeah. more clumsy. But I think it made the sport look stupid, really. Yeah, I think like that was its biggest bad problem. incident. Though. And I don't think that proper retribution was really paid out for how dangerous that incident was. Um, but it was just funny. I rewatched yeah, that. Watching, oh, doing my, I rewatched the Silverson crash during my research for this pod. Yeah, <laughs> Mike, um, and I just forgot how fast he went into that wall. And it was um, who was I think it was Crofty who was doing the voiceover, voiceover for it, and he said um, like how lucky it was that Max left um, left that incident with just uh, sort of bruises, but that was it. And I thought, yeah, that's actually that was like a ridiculously fast crash. And like I was fifty five G or something. Yeah, insane, and um. Yeah, I think yeah, I think in hindsight, the how dangerous it was definitely wasn't wasn't um, sort of brought to the forefront. I mean, com- compared to the the brake check, that was nothing. But I suppose the brake check check was more deliberate, so that that's why it was. De- I deem it worse, to be honest. Mm. Uh, Michael. Yeah, mine's um, the incident between Verstappen and Hamilton at Monza. Um, obviously. Both cars go out of the race, so you can talk about championship points, etc. But the actual the actual incident, um, you know, could have been so much worse if it wasn't for the halo on the car. Um, you know, the reason why they were put on, obviously. But I just think, you know, the halo d- does its job there. It could have been so much worse. Um, you know, Ham- uh, Verstappen, I believe, said something like, you know, that's what you get if you don't leave enough space at the time. Um, and... You know, I, I just found Ironic. that quite, yeah, I found it yeah. a bit bizarre. Um, but it shows, I suppose, it shows how ruthless he can be, um, and you need it to win a championship. But yeah, that was my that was my moment because I think at the time it was everyone was so caught up in the fact that they they were both out of the race, they both weren't going to get points, and it was a flashpoint in the season. But it could have been so much worse. And um, good to see that you know technology like the halo, which I used to hate, um, is there for a reason. Was Monza before or after Silverstone? After. After. That that think, incident would mm. looked worse because of the, the sausage curb. If that sausage curb wasn't mm. there. Yeah, it's just he, a racing he, incident to me. His car doesn't go get air, he doesn't go on top of Lewis and they just keep going. Like yeah. I think I that know, was a, that slow, incident. I think slow. it's just yeah. I think that's just a racing incident. But you know, it's very interesting that as after the Silverstone incident, that's when you know, it got occurred. spicy. It got that's spicy. when it got spicy. I think that's when I think particularly um, the whole after the race celebrations for rightly or wrongly, Verstappen felt slighted by it. And then I think after that, he's like, "Well, you know what, stuff it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do me." And that's when um, Toto and Christian started going at it too. Yeah, the whole both teams. Something like it was fun until now. <laughs> mm. Mm. So that, very interesting. Um, worst team. Driver decisions of the season. I start this off this time. Yeah, go. Um, for me, it was the incident um, where Hamilton was told um, to pit 
Um, and I believe the race was in the team. Do you mean, not, sorry, do you mean team driver decisions is in the team picking a driver to race this season? Could be any, no. anything. Oh, okay. Just a decision that backfired. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so my, my, my um, moment of the season was the team telling Hamilton to pit um, in Turkey, I think with eight laps to go. He's staying out. He's under the impression. Oh, he's trying to stay out for the whole, for the rest of the race. They're telling him to pit well before then, but he eventually does pit, comes out behind um, Leclerc and another racer that I can't remember, um, ends up losing the two positions. You know, all of these incidences obviously um, added up to him not winning the season, but for me, um, that was a moment because it seemed to be like a bit of a running saga between Hamilton and, and his crew where, you know, a few only just a few races before he was praising them um, for making the call. I believe it was in Russia where they told him to pit and he does pit and, and then he, you know, has the wets and ends up winning the race. And then this was kind of the opposite. So um, that for me, that decision, um, you could say cost them the title, but there were so many other decisions as well, but that was my last point. Yep. I'm, I'm going to go a different tact with my one. Um, I think Alpine giving Ocon a three-year deal when they've got, Young Oscar coming through uh, was a bit of a stupid decision. Not saying Ocon's not a good driver. Um, we know he's part of the the Merck stable and all that. Um, but we've now seen him up against Daniel and Fernando. Um, he got absolutely smacked by Daniel last year. And then Fernando, two years out of the sport, came in and I think outperformed him. Um, I think shows that he's probably not the driver that's going to win Alpine a world championship. And why wouldn't you... Give him a one-year deal maybe and then see how Oscar goes and put him in the car because I think he's a better prospect long-term. But maybe that's just Aussie bias. I, I, I think, think Alpine... Bias. I think Alpine knows that he's going to outlive Alonso's stay there. I wouldn't, mm. I wouldn't really bet against this being Alonso's last year, to be honest. Um, if the car's competitive, I can see him hanging around. I mean, there's a few reasons why Ocon and Alpine is is good for them. Number one, because he's French. French. Um, and so, like in terms of F1 marketing, I think, I think that's, they're definitely looking at that. Um, I mean, I actually like when, t- when teams give drivers uh, sort of longer contracts, even when they're young, because there's nothing worse than, I suppose you hear all the time, especially in, um, I think it's, uh, it's in, uh, British superbikes, they give most drive riders and drive uh, on one year contracts. And how can you really um, perform at your best when you know that every little mistake you make is going to be taken into account every year um, for when your next um, contract rolls around? So I, th- I think when the team gives a driver uh, extended contract, they're, they're they're putting a bit of um, they're saying we're going to put like put a bit of faith in you. Um, you have sort of like it's saying we well, have a year to to learn how we operate, and 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 then you have you know two years to really put your best foot forward. Do you um, honestly think though that his two years at Alpine warranted a three year deal? I think if they if they knew that he was going to win a race, they would have said, "Yeah, we'll give it to you for sure." If, if you I, think, I think I think he's an enigma. I think he's an enigma. To be honest with you, I think that his time at um. For Cindy, our racing point, he overperformed, and everyone was like, "Man, this guy's the next big thing." Mm-hmm. And I think the Renault car 
Renault's in an interesting position where he's been up against two drivers that are better than him and are probably taking more from the car than actually, you know, than it's actually worth. You know what I mean? Like they're performing better than the car is. And I think Ocon as a driver performs, you know, well in a good car, but, car. but yeah, but isn't going to make or break a car. Like isn't going to, you know, push a car forward like someone like Danny Rick or Alonso is. I mean, that's going to be two of the greatest races of all time. I mean, obviously not for Ricardo in relation to like race wins and things like that, but he's gone up against two phenomenal drivers and he's done a good job. I think he hasn't done a great job. He's done a good job. He's been at or about where the car's at. He's won a race. So I think that um, really going into this new era of Formula One, if they could have said, you know, be relatively competitive and um, make a few Q3s like he did win a race, they would have taken that for sure. And with, with, you know, the new regulations coming in now, this is probably the first chance that we get to, um, you know, See what it's really measure got. him yeah, up against some other peers and some other teams and things like that. So I don't know. I think he's done okay, um, Ocon. Uh, I don't think – I also think the other side of it is I don't think anyone, particularly Alpine, no one would have expected Oscar Piastri to rise through F3 and F2 at the rate that he has. It's unheard of. It's really – I mean, you don't see that at, at all. Um, I mean, George Russell and Leclerc were pretty quick, but no one would have assumed that um, Oscar Piastri was going to rise, you know, and win two consecutive championships like he has. So that was that probably caught them a little bit unawares as well. So, um, yeah, Oscar was probably a little bit a victim of his own, own success in that regard too, unfortunately. Yeah, Joey. Um, she was the best we're talking about now. Worst team slash driver decisions of the season. Oh. Yeah, I was. I chose um, Lando staying out in Russia and not mm. changing his tyres because I mm-hmm. expected more people to choose the um, uh, Mercedes not pitting Hamilton <laughs> at any stage of that last race of the season. Um, but if I had to choose one, I'd say Mercedes not pitting Hamilton for, <laughs> for fresh for fresh rubber at any time of the end of the race. I mean, yeah, it might sound. It might sound. I don't know. No, obvious, in hindsight, in it's, hindsight, it's, it's bloody obvious. Eh? In hindsight, it's so dumb. Um, yeah, but I mean, that here, we're, anyway. We're, 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 as I say, we're professional couch, you know, sort of couch pundits. But the more you think about it, the more you just, the more you, the more you just scratch your head. But other than that, I'd say, I'd say Lando not going in for fresh rubber, at, uh, not fresh rubber for wets at Russia. Um, I mean, the one difference in the two situations is that. Hamilton actually had a better chance of um, sort of uh, keeping his lead than than Lando did going in for wets and and then everyone sort of taking the gamble that he did. But yeah. them, I, I think them two are the are the most obvious ones. And really, the, for 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 Lando's sake, I mean, it, it it cost him a lot. It cost him his first win, and then Danny. I suppose Danny Rick getting the win at Monza probably heals the the win for um for McLaren. But the other one literally decided the championship. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I agree. That was a silly decision, and he yelled at the team too, which makes it even funnier. Um. Yeah, which most think most engaging yeah. race. Um. I think USGP again. Yeah, it's a good one. I, I, I honestly, I, the I honestly love that race. Like from um, I love that track. Yeah, I think the track was great. The spectacle. 
all also the the um onboard fighting but between that and Mexico, I reckon were the, were the two races that I remember most this year. Um, but I'd give it to you. I'd give it to the USGP. Even the Imola. Little... Imola was pretty big, I think, oh, as yeah. well. Yeah, and yeah, and Imola the race at Oak on one. The race at Oak. Well, that was that was Max. That was which which one did Oak win? Hungary. 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 That was another engaging race too. I um, I love Brazil are... as well. Mm. In what way? Just the fight between um, Verstappen and and Hamilton. And just Hamilton, like his speed. Like yeah. that was that was epic, and I love that track. That's probably my favorite, one of my favorite tracks on the on the calendar. Yeah, yeah. Um, his speed, I couldn't believe it. It was definitely a surprise for I think everyone, mm. um, considering what, what everyone was saying during the week about it being with a the, red bull track. Mm. With the, with the anticipation towards the end of the season as well, it was just like he had all the momentum, and everyone was kind of like, oh, "Is he going to keep the momentum going, or is it going to break?" And he's he's um. Stappen going to kind of have a little bit of a you know chance to re- rec- recover a little bit, but when he went and performed as well as he did, I mean all the moves that he made on the outside, which we've spoke about before, he should have made, but he did make. Um, mm. That was that was a that was a great race, and it really did show how good he actually still is as a driver. I think they um, I think also <clears throat> thinking about that race, it showed how. Mercedes saving that sort of last engine upgrade for that end of the seat for the end of the season, um, really uh, troubled Red Bull and and I think made them second guess when they did that um, engine upgrade for for Verstappen because I remember us saying oh how smart was it for uh, Red Bull to do this um, engine upgrade because it bore dividends straight away but I th- <laughs> after that um, Mercedes engine upgrade and they're able to run that engine um, well, a lot harder than Red Bull were. I mean, realistically, that that could have been the, well. Determining so factor. Many, could yeah, have been. So the many times it crash. Could, yeah, like there were so many times it could have been a determining factor. So many different things. But, yeah, that could have, that, other than a Williams crash, that was the determining factor for their season, I reckon. And that was sort of like at that time of that race. Mikey? I'd have to go with Hungary. I think that was the first race I watched this year. Um, and I'm pretty sure we were having a bit of a live chat amongst ourselves, Anthony and Harry, at the time. Um, and, yeah, just a bit of, just a bit of drama. I, I don't mind a bit of drama in these races. We thought Hamilton was out of the race, and then he ends up um, fighting his way back to second, I do believe. Um, that, that was a really interesting race for me. Um, so that would have to be my answer to that question. It was good to see someone different win um, as well. But yeah, a bit of a bizarre race. I'm pretty sure from memory too, Lando Norris was in a good position for a long, a long time in that race. And no, the McLarens got screwed in the first corner. Yeah, first they corner both of them. There was play. a red flag incident, I do believe, as well. So from yeah, the first one, the, the first corner, Bottas ran up the backside of um, Lando. Yeah, and then yeah. and then he, the strolling ball, the strolling ball came in from the end and hit about three or four cars. And Hamilton hits the wall off, off his own volition, doesn't he? Uh, I can't remember I'm that. Sure, he. Put, I'm pretty sure Hamilton binned the car. Um, or we thought. Cause I remember thinking that we that. Yes, that did happen. Yeah, and then he comes back to second, and I thought. This is ridiculous. Yep. Like this, he's too good, or the car's too good. That's when I. That's when I started to really appreciate what, what I kept hearing about 
um, it not being competitive enough. I, I thought, well, if he's coming back from something like that after two <laughs> red flags, then you know it's pretty crazy. But um, again, I don't want to take any way, anything away from Hamilton. He's a great driver, but at the same time, um, yeah, that had to, that would have to be my choice for that for that question. Um, all right, biggest waste of a seat, boys. I'm going to go first. Mazepin. Don't need to say any more. Didn't we discuss this one? No. Biggest waste of a seat, not most disappointing. Oh. I'd go um, Giovinazzi. Um, no, nah, no I way, Giovinazzi. I, don't, I just don't think... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I only watched half the season, but from what I could see, he was nothing... Um, he was definitely not impressing me. Um, I know he was in one of the least performing teams, but he just he didn't do anything for me. Um, uh, yeah. Impressed me at all. Gasly is another one who I would say was disappointing. I think... Alpha Tower, <laughs> isn't he? Shut up! Get him fuck out. <laughs> he was he was a contender for driver of the season for oh, me. Oh, he was awesome, Mickey. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see I didn't see anything amazing from Gasly in the second half of the season that I was watching. He outperformed that car, that's for sure. Mate, he was just I killing it. Nobody was better than him. No, no way, wasn't. Yuki. In the race, in the race no, I was watching. You love Yuki. I, I do like I do I do like um Sonoda. I, I think if I was going to pick a team, either. if I was going to pick a team for next year, I think Alpha Tari would be it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe because I didn't watch the full season, but I did, I just didn't see anything exceptional from him. That's all. Yeah, well, fair enough. Do you know who my biggest of waste of a seat is, boys? Who? Lance Stroll. You Lance reckon? Stroll is yeah. Wait, waste because, of because because uh, let me let me answer why because I'm when, with him because when. Stroll bought um, our uh, Aston Martin. The debate that there was a discussion about whether he was going to, you know, pick a driver that was going to push the team, you know, to where they their ambition was, or whether he was going to pick his son. And then this year there was a discussion saying that as long as I'm owning a Formula One team, my son's always going to race for me. Pretty much is what he said. And when you've got the ambitions that he has, and when you've got the um, the business acumen and that kind of mongrelling you to cut your losses, I think that there's a disconnect there. And until he, like, he's either got to be serious about supporting his son and finding a seat for his son, which is obviously what he's chosen to do, or he's got to be serious about having the best team possible to fight for championships. And I think at this stage, um, he's kind of doing service to his son, but at the detriment of his team, because there's much better races that he could have in his team right now, particularly some of these people that we're talking about, that won't have the chance at that seat because he's got his son in there right now. So I think that, um, I, and I don't mind Stroll, but I think that compared to some of the people we're talking about, um, he's never going to get the job done. I used to say one in five for Stroll, but this year was like one in 24. Now it's, now it's just one in rain. If it's raining, it's yeah. all right. If it's not raining, it's not a, it's not a hope. So, Excuse yeah, I, I don't know. Where did Stroll come from? Is he just the rich daddy's boy or did he have a history in racing that was uh, half he, he was He was very or? good in, he was very good in European in formula three but in formula three if you've got enough money to be racing for one of the big teams i think he raced for prima in formula three then he really should be winning championships and and he did win um but he should be winning and you know we've seen other people you know win championships with prima and you know mick schumacher won with prima he should have leclerc won with prima he should have so there's nothing yeah there's nothing like if you're in that team the expectation is that you are going to win and he did win but it hasn't translated to Formula One. And it probably just yeah, it doesn't have the mongrel in him. He's never really had to fight for anything his whole career. 
Um, so why is that going to change now? He knows. He knows his seat's secured, so why would he fight? So, yeah, he's my biggest waste of a seat, unfortunately. Um, can I give some uh, clap back first? Um, why do you defend him? He's shit. I, I don't think... I know. Here's I, I, he's, he's my whole thing of influence. Um, and I, I don't defend everything he does, but I definitely don't think he's, he's the... Um, he was like the biggest waste of a seat this year. Not, not in a million years. He's never looked as inept as Mazepin has this year, ever. Um, he's ne- he had some pretty, think- he had some pretty boneheaded moments in his first year. Hungry, but not for He's also got some podiums and some good finishes as well, though. <laughs> look at him, just guzzle. You always teasing me for guzzling down water mid pod. Have you ever seen you. a bigger drink bottle than that? For those not the first thing he's guzzled today. Yes, two liters. <laughs> Those of you on the two liters. Sit on the YouTube stream. Have a look at the yes size to, of this um, guy's drink bottle. Yes, to um, keep hydrated from his yeah. COVID. Can I say, Joey? Yeah. If you're Aston Martin and you're fighting for championships, Do is not. Lance Stroll is no, but you know if they were. Laura, yeah, if they were, is Lance the one that's going to be fighting, or is he going to be the rear gunner? No, Lance is always going to be a rear gunner. But I think if you look at the, every decision that Aston Martin made this year was all about, I think, saving money. I mean, they've got Lance in there. Then they didn't go sign like a sort of hot property driver. They went and signed ready for retirement Vettel. Who, yeah, but um, I think Vettel coming made, in wasn't about winning now. It was about getting a little up. bit of experience in to set up the team. I think. I don't. I just, his, I just want some clout. There's talk about him staying on in it. I think there's talk about him staying on in a mentoring capacity even when he leaves from from excuse me from racing. And I and talking about rear gunners, if I'm just gonna, you know, put a put a hole through that ship right now because I think what we've learned this year is that it, to be a competitive team, you don't have a rear gunner. You need two people that are gonna fight. You've got Ferrari that have just shown that they've gone away from their traditional methods and it's you know proved a dividend straight away. Um mm. And obviously, we've got um, Red Bull in a position where they've they've been more competitive than they've been, you know, for the last eight years because they've gone away from that. Well, they finally found someone who's going to um, be able to to fight with the rest of the drivers. So I think the whole rear gunner thing that you're talking about, Joseph, who's frozen, uh, is a silly one. Sorry, I lost you. For and, your and if and and, and, and <laughs> sorry, I lost you for about ten seconds. <laughs> That's all right. No rear gunners. No regunners. If okay. they're serious about if they're serious about being a works team, and if they if they're serious about the ambitions that Stroll, uh, Lawrence Stroll is talking about, trying to be as in a Formula One team, they need two drivers who are going to be able to push the team forward. And I think Sebastian Vettel's got one more year, and then he needs to move on as well. But it's got to be you know two new drivers. They need someone like a Gasly. They need someone like a you know maybe even a Piastri. Um, but they need two young, hungry drivers that can push the team as opposed to someone who's kind of just filling in a seat. And I think just the whole Vettel point that I said before is that he's there to give guidance about setting up the team based on his experience at two of the largest teams in Formula One um, as opposed to just, you know, trying to give them name clout. I thought he was there to pick up um, rubbish after the races. Um, Good man, Seb. No, what I am... I definitely th- I agree with what you're saying. Like, if 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 Aston Martin as a team have the ambition to push for 
um, higher positions. They definitely need a, a, a different uh, driver lineup. I just don't think that, um, like, in terms of that question, like, biggest waste of a seat for a season, he, he's that. Um, because, because, to... because, because of what the team's trying to achieve. Like, we know well, that Haas is I, 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 ready to sit at the back. We know that Haas is ready to sit at the back and they're just taking the money, obviously, to stay in the sport right now. So it's a waste of... Technically, it's a waste of a seat, but they're not really trying to achieve anything. There's no ambition there. Whereas Aston Martin does have ambition. And with that level of it, but with that level, no, Aston Martin have, have stated many times that they're trying to push towards the front. And I think but the fact that they, they want, they've, got, they've got the ambition to do that, but they're not willing to do everything that's necessary to do that, that being to get rid of the sun to put a more competitive driver in the car, um, shows that it's, you know, it's, it is a waste of a seat. But anyway, I think that's, we've had that argument for long enough now. All right. Predictions for 2022. I'm happy to go first. Go. Okay. Yeah. Leclerc to win the championship. Um, Ferrari. Whoa. Ferrari to be the, the strongest car. Oh. Um, I think Science and Leclerc were chummy this year on par. But if we start seeing them battling for wins, I think Leclerc takes that. I think he's got more mongrel. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Science beats him. Um, I think DR to show superiority over Norris. I think McLaren are up there. You know, top three car. I'm I'm banking on that. Alpha to be the worst car. And I think Mercedes are going to be P4 and Lewis taps out at the end of the season. All right. Can say, I, that, is some, that, that is some juicy, points. juicy points. I'm going to read you exactly what I wrote. One second. Let me read <laughs> Harry what I wrote. Before... I wrote. before Oh, Saints right, and Danny right. Rick to be the number one drivers of the respective teams. Yep. That's I mean, I'm not going to I'll say mine so that you can all you can all we can all have our points and we can discuss it after because otherwise it just gets lost in your True. deliberations. Um my my prediction is that it to be um a four team race with Alpha Tauri very much making up that fifth um spot. But my four teams would be, like Harry said, I think um, Ferrari and McLaren would be much more, much closer to Red Bull and Mercedes. So I think there'd be an interesting four-team race there. Um, I, I, I actually think that McLaren um, might have a, might have a more of a sniff than Ferrari, but um, you know it's pretty close. I think Max will repeat. I think he's at, he has a ta- he has, he knows what winning a championship is like now. I think um, that's only going to bode. Um, more strongly for him, I think um, Red Bull have the finances and the nous in the in that team to um, meet the new regulations head on. I think if there's any other te- if there's any team that ki- that can do it, um, it would be Red Bull. So I think even though it's going to be much tighter, I think I could see Max um, repeating back to back. Given the taste of now that he's had the taste of winning, I think he'll go from strength to strength. Um, so that would be my prediction. Um, I like some of these predictions that have been made. I'm particularly interested in your Ferrari prediction, hey, Harry. My prediction was that Verstappen would win this season, but Ferrari would win the Constructors' Championship. I, I'm a bit hesitant about Red Bull because we saw in 2014 where they put everything into Seb winning 2013 that they were lagging behind at the start of the new era. Yeah, I can't see 
need them to make that mistake again. But. It worries me. Not, actually, it doesn't because I prefer Ferrari or McLaren to win. But I think Max will make up the deficit. I just don't know if the car will be strong enough to win the championship. I think Leclerc gets it for Ferrari because they, they're looking good. They're, they're too big of a, a team to not come out fighting in, in this. Yeah. In this, um, And I think McLaren, we saw that the, the results drop off in the second half of the season, and I'm praying that all their attention was turned to this year. And I think Daniel comes second in the championship. I just don't think McLaren will have the car to take Ferrari all the way. If, if Daniel Ricciardo loses to Lando Norris in 2022... Mm. Would you be would you be uh, happy to say that he is officially has regressed from a top tier driver? Uh, it depends. A top tier driver, but it depends because we saw we saw in twenty eighteen when he was at Red Bull, the second half of the season he would like if he retires ten times because the car's got gremlins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but if, yeah. if it's you know if it's if it's we, all both fair finishing and love and war. all's fair in love and war if. Lando yeah. beats him. If it's one or two points, it's whatever. But if it's convincingly, then I would yeah. start thinking, you know, DR's struggling. I don't want I didn't want to make any predictions about teams because I just you just don't know what hmm. they're gonna bring to testing. Like it's it's a totally new concept that, that's yeah. coming in this year. So I didn't want to um sort of veer into that just because we don't know. I mean, then we'll we'll be speculating at testing, and and teams will be sandbagging, and we really won't know till the start of next year. But I think, um, driver wise, my like all my driver predictions would be Saints. I think will beat Leclerc, um, which I think is definitely would be interesting for the dynamic in that team because Leclerc is really there. I think he bounces back next year. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely I wouldn't be surprised that happened as well. But I just I think I think yeah I think science has been um, probably the the under not the underachiever the sort of the quite the revelation of the season. Yeah, I don't think it was a revelation. I just think other people have finally discovered it as a revelation. Um, I think Danny Rick will be. Um, see, here's the other thing: you don't know how drivers interact to these new cars. But I think Danny Rick will be the. The number or will be the better finisher from um, McLaren, um, and I would say I expect George Russell to um, struggle for half the year. I expect him to beat Hamilton next year. What? Really? I, yeah. Mm. What happens yep. if Hamilton doesn't come back? He's coming back. I don't know. I He's just read before back. someone from Mercedes has come out and said. He's, They're give not, him two he's, he's, he's not in a good place. Well, They're going to give him two months to go rapping and he's going to go do some music for two months and he's going to come <laughs> up with a rap album like Antonio Brown and then he's going to rediscover himself and then a couple of weeks before testing, he's going to come back and he's going to be good and they're going to be like, oh, Mercedes gave me some space to do what I wanted to do. I'm back in love with the sport. I'm back in love. And then it's going to be like all good. And then season's going to come around and his head's not going to have been in the game for the whole off-season and George Russell's going to smoke him and that's going to be the end of Hamilton in Formula 1. I, I think if he... If he, if he, he goes he... Start, his, start a career 
writing rap songs and wearing big puffy jackets and dresses. Can I, can I ask you a question? What do you think in terms of the um, overall look of the sport, this whole Hamilton um, sort of predicament, um, has, it, has it hampered the look of the sport or himself? I definitely think it, ma- it makes him look a bit of a, look of like a, um, a sore loser. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's trying to prove a point that like he got he got hard done. I don't know if he's trying to make a statement about it. That's the other thing. I don't know if there's like an ulterior motive because of all the I don't know. You know what? At the end of the day, if you ha- if he's he's been a great ambassador for the sport, he's been a phenomenal driver, but if your heart's not in it, um then give it to someone. Like give the seat to someone who wants it, I think. Yeah, imagine imagine the imagine the like the Hot potato for the for the for that seat. If he was to be out, I mean, who who gets that seat? Ocon and then Gasly and Alpine. You reckon? You reckon Ocon or you reckon Ricardo? I reckon Ricardo. I don't think seat. Ricardo moves again, mate. I think that's that, his last chance. So he's got to jump. If that seat, he's got to jump. How many years you reckon Ricardo's got left? Two, three or four. So this is his final push. I, I reckon if there's ever a chance for Ricardo to do something, um. Yeah. I could see, I could see, that, like I said, the season being really tight. I could see McLaren and Ferrari really having a, a proper go. I reckon this could be Ricardo's time. You never know. I, I think twenty twenty three is more likely for him. If that, if that yeah, seat became available next year, year after, yeah, I'd Ricardo's be signing, there. I'd be signing Fernando Alonso. Maybe, <laughs> maybe if Ricardo would ever go back to Red Bull for no, a, no. Nah, for a one year, for a one year, let like let's go Nando. I would pay um, to see that. Mate, that would be that would be. The... I would pay for him to win the championship. He would spank would... George. I reckon he would. I think, a, the Wally I think, I, think, Fox. I think if the car was as good as as it has Wally been for the last couple yeah. of years, he would spank. He would um spank anyone. Of his he would spank or... Lewis. I don't know if he'd spank. We're saying spank. Let's say spank. We're talking about five he'd points win. over the course of the season. Let's say that. <laughs> yeah. He'd beat him. He'd beat yeah. him. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I, I think McLaren, with their new wind tunnel coming next year, I think um, 2023 might be their year, to be honest. That's just my prediction for 23. I think 22 is Ferrari, but... And Mercedes P4, Lewis drives off into the sunset and becomes an ambassador for We Races 1. You know what? You know what my prediction for 2022 is going to be? That Leonard Norris... Strings a whole season together, whatever that means. He's competitive for the whole season. He doesn't start well and end bad or start. You know, he's able to be a consistent threat, like we saw early in the year for the for the majority of the season. That's my prediction. He he matures a little bit more as a driver in twenty twenty two. I have doubts that he will adjust to a new car easily. I don't. I have less I don't doubts about him than Danny Rick. That. That's the problem right now. I think I have a sneaky suspicion that the the people that were racing in Formula 2 more recently than those who haven't are going to have an advantage because the car's heavier, it's got less downforce. How the hell did you make that jump? It's still still not a ground effect car. It doesn't matter. Dude, the whole thing, the way the car works is totally different from anything we've ever seen. I think you're just speculating some Anthony... Bullshit again. <laughs> Mate, it's all predictions. I, None of us have any ideas right now. I, I think that's a bit of a stretch. All right, boys. 
What's, do you want to quickly? Do we want to wrapping it up with? With with um, do we want to do my um my mullings or we'll save that for next time? How long is your mullings going to be? Because it takes you a little while to spit out your thoughts sometimes. It's as long as it's as long one. as. I think that's a good way to end it. I think that's a good way to end it. Save your mullings time for next time, bro. <laughs> where, where do you have to be, Michael? <laughs> Nowhere, but conscious of time here, our listeners will be switching off the stage. Fair enough. All right, we'll save it for we'll save it for next week. If you if you, if you promise to do some research into the question and have a Look, I, have a have, I have a good think of it. Well, I think I think I got a good point across for most of them, apart from Latifi being Canadian, um, and 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 Tora also being and and Gasly being the what's the, what's the I word? I can't get over that take. Disappointment of the season. Well, someone's got to someone's got to have some hot takes. I think I thought it was pretty plausible. I don't think he did anything amazing the second half of the year, so I'll stand by my point. Didn't he come fifth in the last race? Come fourth a oh. few times, and yeah, he did a few decent things. Anyway, all good. All right, man. That was an interesting right. review of the season. So, Harry, you're going to be throwing up some some um, videos on Instagram, pictures of the helmets, and all those things that we've yeah. spoken about. All those moments. Yeah, we could kind of. Is that so? All right, awesome. What a good, good, good first podcast. Little anecdote. Um, Twenty twenty two. Crash dot net just put up on their Instagram page the um the helmet and leathers contracts that the riders will be that the riders have signed for this year. So no pictures yet. MotoGP. Um, MotoGP. Yeah. So that's it. Anything different? Side. Um, there's a few brands that I've never seen before, so that that should be fun. True. Um, but the usuals are still dominating. What are the brands that you that are there? Well, some of them I don't know by their by their emblem, but the usual oh. two um, in terms of leathers are there with um, with the, uh, Alpine and Danese. Yeah, Danese and Alpine, and then the helmet in terms of helmets, it's Arai, Shui, and and a few other um, variations. So go have a look at Crash.net on Instagram. Is um, is the one you don't know the cat one? No, nah, there's a few of them. You have to have a look yourself. I don't Very. know them by emblem. I think we'll leave it there, Yeah, good marlings from the MotoGP correspondent of the podcast. Give me them a little... <laughs> just them a little just plug, you know. throws a little, yeah, little nugget. All right, man. Awesome. Right, boys. First night back. Have a great night. Follow Is that us next, one next week? Next week or the week after, we'll figure it out. We'll have yep. something posted. All right, gents. No Thanks, boys. Have a good night. Take care. Yeah.